This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore stocks rose in early trade on Monday, November 21st, tracking Wall Street gains as investors try to shrug off concerns about further interest rate hikes. The Straits Times Index rose 0.2% to 3,277.63 points to start the week. Disregarding Wall Street losses on worries over China's latest COVID-19 wave, Singapore stocks rose in early trade on Tuesday, with the SDI rising 0.6% to 3,270.73 points at the open. At the midweek, gold prices inched up buoyed by a weaker dollar, while investors awaited the minutes of the U.S. Federal Reserve's latest policy meeting that could offer clues on further interest rate hikes. And on Thursday, Asian markets rallied as the dollar weakened further after minutes from the Federal Reserve's latest policy meeting suggested it could slow its pace of rate hikes. The SDI rose 0.4% to 3,269.84 points shortly after the open. It's Friday, November 25th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks fell in early trade following quieter trading sessions as U.S. markets were closed for the Thanksgiving holiday. The Straits Times Index declined 0.2% to 3,245.6 points to start the trading day. Here's Amelia Tan, research analyst at SGX Securities, with her wrap. Of the week. In the week to date, the SCI returned flattish with negative 0.6% price returns, while the regional FTSE APEC index gained 1.6%. Looking back in the Singapore market, outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Silver Lake Axis, Yangtzeang Shipbuilding, and Jardine Matheson. Underperformers for the week were Capital Pacific Oak US REIT, Digital Core REIT, and Prime US REIT. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 23rd November, we observed net institutional fund inflows of 35 million Sing dollars. Institutional fund flows for the week have reversed the slight outflows recorded last week. By sector, the highest net inflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at 47 million, followed by industrials at 31 million and consumer cyclicals at 27 million. On the other hand, REITs saw the highest net outflows of 63 million, followed by real estate excluding REITs at 15 million and telecommunications at 10 million. Largest inflows were seen in Genting Singapore, Semcorp Industries and UOB, while largest outflows were recorded across Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust and Hong Kong Land. Over the past month, SCI rallied 9.4%, with the 100 most traded stocks in Singapore averaging 8% in total returns. These 100 stocks saw a combined 730 million Sing dollars of net fund inflows over the month, taking their total year-to-date net fund inflows to $1.2 billion. Within the 100 stocks, telecommunications, banks and technology sectors booked the highest net fund inflows. Meanwhile, energy, materials and resources and the utility sectors saw the most net fund outflows. For the more passive investors, the SGX-listed ETFs that saw the most trading activity in the week include the Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, the SPDR Gold Shares, both the Nikko AM Singapore SDI ETF and the SPDR SDI ETF, as well as the Lion Philip SREIT ETF. 
Compared to last week, both the Nikko AM Singapore SKI ETF and the Lion Philip SREIT ETF made it to the top five most traded ETFs this week, signifying the shift towards domestic stocks. Kelly Ng has further insights from the Business Times newsroom. China's reopening remained one of the biggest stories for Asian investors this week, even as the Fed's latest policy meeting offered some reprieve from concerns around surging COVID cases in the world's second largest economy. Most regional indices started the week in the red, as the country's first COVID death since July sparked fears that officials would revert to strict control measures. By Thursday, China's COVID cases have climbed to a record high, casting a looming shadow on its economic outlook. Leaders now have to make a tough call whether to tolerate some spread of the virus or to reinstate controls at the expense of the economy. That's it. China's State Council had on Thursday signaled that it may cut banks' reserve requirement ratios to replenish liquidity. State-owned banks have also pledged over 50 billion Singapore dollars in new credit to property developers to ease turmoil in the debt-ravaged sector. All these provide some cushion of support against the uncertainty from a start-stop reopening. Some Asian markets saw midweek gains. These mirror a rally on Wall Street after much-anticipated minutes from the Federal Reserve's meeting on Wednesday showed most officials supporting the slowing down of interest rate hike. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index has risen 1.2% so far since Monday this week. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index, which led losses at the start of the week, rebounded at midweek and was up by 0.8% at Thursday's close. Tokyo's Nikkei 225 and South Korea's Kospi also saw gains. The Fed has raised interest rates six times this year, and some analysts are expecting a softer 50 basis point lift in its December gathering, coming down from four consecutive 75-point hikes from before. Wall Street traders welcomed the Thanksgiving holiday with high spirits, with the S&P 500 closing at a two-month high on Wednesday. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite climbed 2% for the week, while the Dow added 1%. Gains on Wall Street were also driven by healthy retailer earnings ahead of the holiday shopping season. The US stock market was closed on Thursday and will close earlier on Friday. Closer to home, Malaysian stocks climbed after the state palace announced Anwar Ibrahim as the nation's 10th prime minister. The securities had traded within a narrow range earlier in the week, after last Saturday's election produced no clear winner. But the benchmark Kuala Lumpur Composite hit a three-month high following the midday announcement on Thursday. The ringgit also benefited from the upbeat sentiment. The greenback was broadly weaker as risk sentiments improved after the Fed meeting. Oil prices fell this week and were hovering around two-month lows, as the G7 nation's proposed price cap on Russian crude looks set to be above expectations, therefore easing concerns of a supply crunch. Also adding to the downward pressure on oil were a more-than-expected build of petrol inventories in the US and widening coronavirus controls in China. Still to come, we take a closer look at more macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers with Amelia Tan. Discover the Business Times podcasts, Money Hacks, Property BT, Mark to Market, Wealth BT, and Market Focus. Your authoritative guide to make the right decisions for your money and investments. Go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, 
Back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, we saw core inflation easing slightly in October from the previous month. Could you expand on this and highlight some other notable news for the week? The week was focal for two mega themes of growth in inflation, with marginal, albeit ongoing, deceleration observed in both GDP and CPI updates. Singapore printed 4.1% year-on-year GDP growth for 3Q2022. This was below the early advance estimate of 4.4% and the 4.5% growth recorded last quarter, yet somewhat expected given the deceleration of manufacturing activity observed in September. Singapore's manufacturing growth was up just under 1% year-on-year in 3Q 2022. Bright spots for the quarter included construction activity accelerating further within the public and private sectors, while food and beverage services have continued to benefit from the strong pickup in sales volumes at food caterers, restaurants, cafes, food courts and other eating places as a whole. This puts Singapore's 2022 GDP trajectory at around 3.5%, which remains in line within the 3-4% revised expectations provided in August. The Ministry of Trade and Industry expects growth to be 05 to 2.5% in 2023, with the external environment a key factor. The growth of outward-oriented sectors is expected to weaken further in the next year. Semiconductor manufacturing is expected to be hit by a global fall in demand and growth is also expected to be dampened in sectors such as wholesale trade, water transport and finance and insurance. Nevertheless, bright spots remain and according to MTI, the aviation and tourism sectors are expected to remain buoyed by the continued recovery of travel. Core inflation edged lower to 5.1% year-on-year in October, down from 5.3% in September, with moderation in electricity and gas prices on the back of lower energy costs. In addition to marginal deceleration of prices for services, retail and other goods, all items headline inflation fell to 6.7%, down from 7.5% last month. There was no significant change to the outlook, with the Monetary Authority of Singapore and MTI continuing to see headline inflation at 6% and core inflation at 4% in 2022. On the global front, the International Monetary Fund expects inflation to come in at 8.8% in 2022, then moderate to 6.5% in 2023, and then decline further to 4.1% in 2024. In trade, Enterprise Singapore has upgraded its 2022 full-year forecast for the third time this year, with total merchandise trade now projected to grow between 19.5% to 20%, up from an earlier prediction of 15% to 16%. This comes on the back of better-than-expected performance in oil and electronics trade. For non-oil domestic exports, growth projection was narrowed to around 6%. For 2023, the agency projected negative 2% to flat growth for both total merchandise trade and non-oil domestic exports, reflecting a cautiously optimistic outlook from a high base this year. Easing electronics trade and exports along with declining oil prices are expected to weigh on total trade. Amelia, let's turn to company-focused information. Give us some highlights from the week. Singapore Airlines will be boosting flight frequencies across East Asia, Southeast Asia and Australia in 2023 as it braces for a surge in travel demand to these destinations in the coming year. SIA expects flight frequencies to reach 
or exceed pre-pandemic levels in multiple destinations across East Asia and Southeast Asia by March 2024. In its latest operating results, the group carried a total of 2.3 million passengers in October, up 6.2% from the previous month. Overall, passenger capacity more than doubled from a year ago to achieve 71% of pre-COVID levels in October. Keppel Corporation announced that Keppel Offshore and Marine has delivered the first of three jack-up rigs to Adnock Drilling Company. The three rigs were part of a series of five rigs that Keppel had been building for bore drilling. Keppel Offshore and Marine has received a full payment of approximately 160 million US dollars having delivered the first rig and will receive full payments for each of the remaining two rigs on delivery. Keppel expects to receive at least 352 million for all three rigs between 2022 and 2023 in addition to down payments initially received. Yang Zijiang Financial will partner Tamasic-backed Heliconia Capital to invest in Singaporean and Southeast Asian small and medium-sized enterprises through a fund with a target size of up to 150 million Sing dollars. Yang Zijiang Financial will contribute 80 million as the Anchor Limited partner. The fund intends to invest in promising SMEs with a focus on Singapore and Vietnam to catalyze more capital for them, co-investing alongside other funds managed by Heliconia, such as the SME co-investment funds. The strategic partnership comes as the group seeks to gradually increase its offshore investments outside of China over the next five years. In IPO news, Talk Media, a Singapore-based media entertainment company that specializes in artist and talent management, multimedia production and event conceptualization, listed on SGX on Tuesday with a market capitalization of 43.6 million Sing dollars. The listing saw 17.5 million placement shares fully placed out and the public offer approximately 1.2 times oversubscribed. Talk aims to be Singapore's leading media agency in creating quality entertainment content and to inspire a vibrant media landscape in Singapore, with a particular niche in Chinese-language media productions. Despite a challenging operating environment amid the pandemic, Talk's revenue grew from 3 million in FY2020 to over 6.3 million in FY2022, during which the company has been profitable, accounting for certain one-off gains. While Noontalk does not have a fixed dividend policy, it intends to recommend dividends of 20% of net profit after tax in FY2023 and FY2024. The company also intends to extend its regional footprint and leadership in existing business verticals through cross-border partnerships on media productions, signing overseas artists and talents, as well as pursuing strategic investments and acquisitions in synergistic production companies. Kelly, what are we looking at for the week ahead? In the coming week, investors will continue to keep a close watch on how China manages its new wave of infections. Also on the watch list is the release of the country's monthly purchasing managers' indices, as well as data from the US on consumer confidence, job vacancies, and quarterly GDP. This has been Markets Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Research Analyst at SVX Securities, and Kelly Ng with the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or 
via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.